All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling. This is uh, State of the Braves, and I'm George McNair. It is awesome to be with you guys, as it always is. And uh, the Braves are playing good baseball. They sweep the Colorado Rockies uh, in Coors Field, which is, even though the Rockies aren't very good this year, that's always a tricky place to play. The Braves pitch well there, and a lot of good vibes going into one of the biggest series of the year as they are rolling into uh, L.A. tonight and are going to play the Los Angeles Dodgers. Us Braves fans on the East Coast are going to have to stay up late to watch these crucial games and really fun games. I mean, I, I, I view this as a playoff appetizer. Every time the Braves play the Dodgers, it honestly brings back mostly good memories of 2021 and that amazing uh, NLCS. And I think, you know, these two teams are the class of baseball once again, certainly the class of the National League. And this is a battle for the best record. If the Braves can go into L.A. and take three out of four, uh, you know, I think looking for a four-game four sweep might be a little much uh, considering how hot the uh, the Dodgers have been. But if the Braves were able to take this, this series, it would go a long ways to sealing. It doesn't guarantee, but it goes a long ways to sealing uh, that best record. The Braves going into this series are 87 and 45. The Dodgers are 83 and 49. So four games behind the Braves, they would have to sweep the Braves in this series to catch them. Um, but before we dive into this showdown, I do want to just kind of spend some time looking back on the last several games the Braves have played. I wanted to talk about the last game in the Giants series and then uh, just wrap up the Rockies series again in which the Braves swept the Rockies. And then we'll do a preview of the Dodgers series. So game three in Sandy uh, in San Francisco, excuse me, was an eight to five loss. This was actually a fairly frustrating loss to many Braves fans. This is the game in which Snit made um, a kind of a strange call to the bullpen, brings in McHugh after uh, Jared Schuster had started this game. He kind of did Schuster things. He was okay. He kept the Braves in the game, uh, but he comes out with a couple runners on. McHugh, uh, at the time, the Braves were up three to two. McHugh comes into that 3-2 to two game, uh, walks a guy to load the bases, first guy he faces, and the very next guy, he walks him as well and walks in the tying run. After that, he gave up a bases loaded triple. So just a very poor uh, outing from McHugh. You, he does get out of that inning eventually, and then you're thinking, okay, Snickers is going to go uh, to somebody else, obviously, because it was quite obvious that Colin McHugh did not have his good stuff in that game. He was struggling uh, just to throw strikes, much less um, get people out. Uh, the Braves actually got two runs in the next inning to get back to, at this point, they were down 6-5. to five, But McHugh comes out for the very next inning. And, yes, I got a, an angry text from my dad saying, what, what is Snicker thinking? I guarantee a lot of you guys out there were thinking the same thing. And I didn't have an answer for him other than, this clearly is a move simply by Snicker to save the bullpen on this long road trip. I think Snicker had a very strict plan of what he was going to do with his bullpen in this game, no matter what. And I really, I hate that. I mean, I don't like managing bullpens that way. I, I understand it. You have the long view of the rest of the season. You have the long view even of just this road trip with the Dodgers coming up. Uh, I mean, going into the Colorado first and how squirrely that can get uh, with managing bullpens in Colorado, but but then four games with no days off 
uh, against LA as well. But it doesn't make this game any less frustrating to watch. You're in the game. You have a reliever come in the game who clearly doesn't have good stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, he gave up two more runs in that second inning where he came out of there. Uh, look, I, you do get on one hand what Snicker's doing, right? He is um, trying to manage his bullpen, manage innings for the long term. What didn't make sense was bringing in McHugh, who hasn't been very good lately, in that situation, which he has two runners on. It's not a clean inning. Uh, you're trying to get out of a mess. Uh, and then, you know, once he's in the game, uh, Snickers is kind of dedicated to him instead of maybe bringing Tonkin in. You know, Tonkin came in after uh, McHugh. And if you just flip those two, Tonkin, of course, has been much better this year than McHugh. Uh, if you flip those two, Tonkin gets out of that inning with little to no damage, pitches another inning, and then maybe you bring in McHugh uh, when, uh, you know, for a clean inning, a clean inning or two, uh, maybe that works a lot better. But of course, that's not what happened. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's just frustrating for that to happen in such a winnable game. You could have swept the Giants. Uh, instead, the bullpen was handled in kind of a, a strange way. Uh, I don't like handling the bullpen with such a strict plan because, of course, games don't go as planned usually. And um, just saying I'm only going to use two guys out of the bullpen in this game and McHugh and Tonkin really hamstrings you to very likely one of those guys is going to come out not sharp. And if you're telling me you're not going to go with a third option out of the bullpen no matter what, then you're telling me that um, you're willing to punt certain games. And um, in, in a season in which, you know, it's gone so well, the Dodgers, which we're going to talk about more, obviously, in this episode, but they are red hot. They are right on the heels of the Braves with the best record in the National League. You know, and I talked about that last time. It's not the only thing. It's not uh, the be-all, end-all to, to finish with the best record. But it is important. It does matter. And when you have games right in front of you that you can win, it seems to me like you should go for them. Uh, I hope some of you feel the same way. Win the game. I feel like Herm Edwards is, is going to stand up here and, and give a speech about how you play to win the game. But, uh, but nonetheless, that, that is what happened. I guess the, uh, the silver lining to that is Snicker was successful in, I guess, what he was doing, which is leaving the bullpen fresh otherwise. And so the Braves go into Colorado with a fresh bullpen. Now, in game one of that series, the Braves have uh, a laugher of a win, 14 to four, and we can call this the Ronald Acuna game uh, in several different ways. Uh, Ronald Acuna had a tremendous day. He goes four for five, hits a home run, a double, has five RBIs, two stolen bases, and this is all while the national media was starting to fawn over Mookie Betts. Everyone in the national media suddenly declaring that Mookie Betts should be the favorite for the MVP, even though all year Ronald Acuna's name has been at the top of most people's list. So Ronald goes out and dominates in this game. Now, it is true that Ronald has um, not been quite his dominant self over the last maybe couple weeks. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a slump, just a little bit of a slowdown. And it's also true that Mookie Betts has been playing absolutely out of his mind. Uh, but uh, that being said, Ronald really made a statement in this game. But you could also call this game the Ronald Acuna game because of the very strange incident that happened in right field when two fans uh, come onto the field. One is able to get to Ronald and basically gives him a bear hug and tries to take a selfie with him. And um, 
the fact that a, a fan could get to Acuna, uh, much less make contact with him and, and hug him before uh, security got to the incident is kind of shocking. And then even the second guy who came on, he, he was a little more aggressive running onto the field and uh, he wasn't quite able to get to Acuna, but this whole incident was really strange. And if you were watching the broadcast, the Braves broadcasters, especially Peter Moylan, I mean, he was just absolutely livid that this could happen. I mean, I felt much the same way. I know several other people have brought this up, but there are a couple examples in sports history of this happening. Sometimes it's just somebody being an idiot or being drunk, and then other times they have uh, violent intent. And you don't know um, what was going on with those guys. It, it looked a little more like they were just drunk and wanted a selfie, but if they've got a knife on them or some other uh, method of, of hurting Ronald, I mean, that would have been the absolute worst thing in the world. I mean, forget baseball. Um, it just would have been tragic. And, and the Rockies and their security staff, uh, look, no one's perfect, but it's their job to protect those guys. If you ever go to a Braves game, I mean, I don't know much about the Rockies security and how they do things, but if you go to a Braves game, the security staff is very obvious. They're very uh, visible and they're always active and in looking into the stands. And I don't think there's any chance uh, that could ever happen at a Braves game. I mean, at least not to the point where the, the person would get to the player. Uh, but it happened in Colorado, and, and very thankfully, uh, these guys were not didn't seem like they were trying to harm Ronald. He was pretty cool about it later. Um, but, man, how bad could it have been? I mean, you think of Monica Sellis and the, the stabbing incident, and, the, and I guess that was kind of early 90s. Um, but, but things can happen and, and a failure of security like that is important. I was actually kind of surprised how little the national media covered it. Um, they made mention of it at the top of sports center the next morning. Uh, but they kind of laughed about it halfway and just moved on. And I, I feel like it's a chance to, um, you know, talk about something that should be a little more, uh, taken seriously. Uh, the other thing I did notice if you watch the video of this incident on social media is um, Sean Murphy and Kevin Pillar were, I mean, if security hadn't stepped in, in the, when it did, th these guys might be in the hospital because Sean Murphy just ran from the catching position where he was warming up AJ Minter out to right field. And Kevin Pillar was right there too. And man, those dudes could hurt someone. I mean, Sean Murphy, I would want Sean Murphy on my side, no matter what fight you were going into. So anyways, I, you know, thankfully that didn't happen or didn't need to happen, but I did notice that and you do appreciate, I'm sure Acuna appreciates uh, that his teammates are stepping up for him. But nonetheless, you know, uh, thankfully Ronald's fine and the incident, you can kind of put it behind you, but um, there also aren't that many fans in Colorado. So it's just very strange that I don't know what security was doing, but they were not on the ball at all in this game. But anyways, back to game one, the Braves again, win this game 14 to four, they collect 18 hits in this game, including eight extra base hits. Uh, this was the, also the return of Ozzy Albies. That news kind of got lost and everything else that happened in this game, but it was awesome to see Ozzy return. Uh, Sean Murphy, uh, who has really not been as good offensively in the second half of the season. Uh, but he 
Looks like he's heating up offensively. He's taking really good swings. He's squaring up the ball a lot more consistently. Even when it's not a hit, it just he's hitting the ball hard. Um, but in this game, he had three doubles, and it was it was awesome to see him really contribute offensively. Uh, the pitcher in this game was Bryce Elder. He wasn't dominant, but you know I was a little worried about him in this game with Coors Field and the the thin air. You just worry about a guy who is so reliant on movement. Um, and he was able to get through six innings, four earned runs, eight hits. But again, when the offense is doing what it did in this game, that was enough. You also had an awesome catch by Kevin Pillar in left field um, in this one as well. I don't know if you guys got to see that highlight, but if you haven't looked it up, that was a really cool moment for him. And uh, he had a nice little series as well. I mentioned him in game two. Uh, he... he um, Sorry, in game three, he had a nice moment as well. But in game two, the Braves have a 3-1 to one win. This was a weird game for the Braves. Um, the biggest thing to talk about in a positive way in this game is Charlie Morton as he continues to pitch great. Uh, his turnaround over the last four or five games has been really evident. And uh, it's one of the, I think it's one of the most important recent developments for the Braves as we're getting closer and closer to the postseason. A good Charlie Morton is just really important if the Braves want to win a World Series. So in this one, he goes six innings, one earned run, three hits, um, and is one of the more dominant performances uh, for any pitcher in recent memory in Colorado. You know, the one thing I'll say is, I mean, it's fair to say that the Rockies don't exactly don't exactly have a murder's row offense going right now. I mean, these are not the Rockies of Larry Walker and Todd Helton or even before that with with Galarraga and, uh, you know, all the great offenses that they've had over the years. This is, um, you know, a few good hitters and then a lot of rookies and a lot of young players. But you're still in Colorado. It's still hard to pitch there. It's still a massive ballpark. You know, bloopers seem to always find a, find a spot. Um, you have multiple triples in this series just because you have so much room in the outfield. But anyways, Charlie Morton really pitched great and it's just another encouragement that hopefully he can that he's figured something out and can continue this long term. One thing that is of note and I think they did talk about this in the broadcast a little bit is that Charlie has changed his method of attack a little bit. He's throwing his four seamer a lot less. He's throwing his sinker more. So he's getting the movement with the sinker to go along with that really dominant uh, curveball that you know when he is right and he's got that release point correct with the curveball, it's unhittable. So I think that's what's made him particularly tough lately, uh, that change in uh, in approach. And so, again, I'm sure the, the book's going to get out on him with that, but maybe it's just a tougher one-two punch that he is um, he's showing to teams. Charlie, you know, for all his kind of mid-season struggles and that that bad stretch of games he had, Charlie has 14 wins on the season, uh, which is near the top of the National League, and he has a 3.29 ERA, which is just really good. So, uh, you know, I just really appreciate what he's doing, and I don't know if Charlie's going to pitch beyond this year. I'm sure at this point every year is a conversation he has with his family, but um, I'm sure the Braves want him back, and um, if he continues to pitch like this the rest of the way, um, they're, they're going to probably beg for him to come back for that $20 million option that's on his contract. 
Um, Ozuna continues to stay hot. He had a good series. Uh, he hit a home run in this game, an opposite field home run. And this was his 30th of the year. So the Braves now have three guys with 30 plus home runs and Acuna and Ozzy are right on the door, the doorstep of that as well. Acuna having 29, Ozzy having 28, even with all the time he took off, uh, recently with that hamstring injury. So the Braves we know are prolific power hitting offense, but, um, that's pretty cool that we've got three guys, uh, in the 30 home run club at this point. All right. Game three of the series was the debut of Darius Vines, the major league debut of Darius Vines. I've heard a lot about this guy over the last year and a half, and this was really cool to see him make his debut. What was especially cool is if you got to watch the broadcast and hear um, Kelly Kroll interview his mom and his grandmother. Uh, that was one of the more touching interviews I've seen in a long time with a guy making his debut. And it just reminds you, reminds you of the human part of this game. And a lot of these guys were just like a lot of us who grew up dreaming to play uh, in the major leagues. And some of these guys have been lucky enough to make it. And it's just really cool when, when somebody um, like Darius makes his debut and then goes out and pitches great, which he did. Um, if you know his story this season, uh, he was probably going to be vying for that fifth starter spot with Schuster and Dodd, but he had a slip disc uh, in his neck over the spring, caused him a lot of pain. Obviously, it would be very difficult to pitch with that. So um, he only started pitching this season about a month ago and uh, has been a little up and down and inconsistent, uh, but been better and better over his last couple starts. Uh, the Braves called on him, obviously, in this game. So he gets his chance after Dodd and Schuster simply have not taken the reins this year for that fifth starter spot. Um, the interesting part of this start for him is uh, every – uh, every scouting report would say that his changeup is his best pitch. He throws it really often, like 40, 45% of the time he throws that changeup. And um, the other part of the scouting report is, you know, his fastball sits around 90, so he has to spot it. He's not going to be like Strider who's throwing, you know, throwing fastballs in the zone a lot or in the middle of the zone. But Vines kind of flipped the script a little bit in this game. Uh, he spotted his fastball great, which, again, he has to do, but he didn't throw his changeup as much. Uh, he kind of held it back for later in the start when he needed a strikeout or he needed to make a pitch, and it still was very evident that that is a very good pitch for him. So he went six innings in this one, gave up only two earned runs, four hits, five strikeouts, and only one walk. Uh, and, again, doing this at course field. I don't care what offense you're going against. That is really impressive for your major league debut. Uh, as far as the offense goes, you, we got an early home run from Kevin Pillar, uh, which was nice because it had been a really long time since he had um, gotten into one. And then Ozuna and Arcee also homered in the sixth inning. Again, guys, Ozuna just red hot. Uh, but Arcee's home run actually broke the Braves single season home run record. So that was the 250th home run of the season for the Braves. The previous record of 249 was in the 2019 season, which, of course, everybody knows that was the juice ball year. The Braves hit uh, 243 home runs last year. So, again, they've already eclipsed all of that. It's just another reminder of how tremendous this offense has been this year, how powerful they are, and uniquely powerful. I don't care what other, what other team we're talking about. 
uh, what other offense we're talking about. The Braves are uniquely gifted and powerful, and um, it's been a treat to watch this season. All right, guys, well, let's dive into the, the preview of the Braves-Dodgers series. They go at it tonight in L.A. These are going to be late games, again, uh, a start Eastern time of 10-10. So I'm going to struggle to make it all the way through that game because i got to go to work tomorrow. I'm sure some of you are in the same boat as me, but um, I'll see how far I can make it. But I am excited for this series, and it is truly a showdown battle for best record against, you know, the Braves and Dodgers now, we could call them modern rivals, um, not um, divisional rivals, but they have just matched up so much in the playoffs, uh, especially, of course, 2020 and 2021. The Dodgers getting the better, better of the Braves in 2020. The Braves coming back in 2021. I would love to see a showdown again this season in the NLCS. And, of course, love to see the Braves get the better of the Dodgers again. Uh, it would be a, an exciting series against two great teams. Uh, one good thing that I can say that Snicker did, so give him credit where I can, is um, he really set up the pitching matchup well. Uh, that's one thing that the Braves did with, with bringing up Vines for the last game of the Rocky series is you set up Strider uh, to pitch game one of the Dodgers series. So the Braves are going to go Strider, Freed, Elder, and Morton in this series. So they definitely have the better pitching lineup uh, to go at the Dodgers. You know, a lot of the, the news, too, is about the four guys who are at the top of the MVP race, two playing for the Dodgers and two playing for the Braves. So you see a lot that it's kind of a Betts and Freeman versus Acuna and Olsen showdown. Of course, baseball doesn't always work that way. But Betts and Freeman particularly have been so out of their minds hot and really carrying the Dodgers. It's hard for two guys to carry a team, but they've been that good. Um, and so that's one of the things the Braves are going to have to tackle in this series. But this is truly a, a matchup of the two best offenses in baseball. Now, I will say, as a whole, the Braves are in a different league than the Dodgers. And the, again, the Dodgers are number two in baseball in offense. But just one metric that I can share with you, the Braves as a team has a have a 500 slugging percentage. The Dodgers have a 460 slugging percentage, and that's number two in baseball. And that's not a bad number team-wide. The, the fact the Braves have a 500 slugging percentage as a team is ridiculous. Um, but the Dodgers might have the two best offensive players when it comes down to it. I mean, that's arguable. Um, but at least as they're going right now, um, you know, instead of looking at, you know, maybe league-wide or season-wide. Uh, but over the last 30 games, uh, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts have been out of their mind. Uh, Mookie Betts is, in his last 30 games, hitting 441 with a 754 slugging percentage. He is just on a different planet right now, which is why everybody's talking about him uh, maybe being the front-runner for MVP. I'm not, I'm not sold on that, but a lot of people are talking about that now. And Freddie Freeman, who we all know so well, none of us are surprised by this, but over his last 30 games, hitting 370 with a 605 slugging percentage. So these two guys, which who also typically hit back-to-back -back in the Dodgers lineup, um, they are just so good together and so difficult to deal with. If you can manage those two, limit um, limit how many swings they're taking, you know, be willing to walk them at times or um, avoid them when you can and go after the rest of the Dodgers lineup. 
the better off you are. But the Dodgers certainly are red hot, and L.A. is a really tough place to play. So this is a great, um, it's a great challenge for the Braves and a team like the Braves who want to win the World Series. They should take on a challenge like this, full force, and um, and and go at it. The Dodgers are astoundingly hot in August, twenty-four and four record in August. Um, but, you know, the question is, will the Dodgers continue to be carried by their two former MVPs, their two future Hall of Famers in Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman? Typically, baseball doesn't work that way, right? Typically, baseball doesn't work with two guys being able to carry a whole team. But these two guys are uniquely great baseball players. So what I would say is it's not likely they'll be able to carry the Dodgers all the way through the postseason to World Series, but it's not impossible. And the Braves are going to have to kind of figure out, and that's what one reason this series is so good. It is a great great test to figure out how to navigate those two guys in the Dodgers lineup. What I see with this series is this is depth versus two MVPs, right? The, the Braves have nine deep in their lineup of really good hitters with two Great hitters of their own right now um, in MVP candidates of Acuna and Olsen. But the Braves go nine deep. We know that is true of them. And the Dodgers don't, right? The Dodgers um, have great hitters, but they're more top-heavy. The other thing I would say is this isn't quite the Dodgers of 2021, um, who were so good and so tough to beat. And the Braves, of course, did beat them. But that Dodgers team had a better starting staff, and they probably had a deeper lineup overall. Uh, they didn't have Freddie Freeman in that lineup, but they had a deeper lineup overall. So I still think the Braves are the class of baseball, and I do think that that is going to show up in this series, but it's not a guarantee. I do love the pitching matchups. You know, I mentioned already that the Braves have their four best starters all going in this series, and the Dodgers really don't. So here are the pitching match matchups. As we know it right now, Strider is going to go up against Lance Lynn in game one. Remember, the Dodgers got Lynn from the White Sox. The Braves have already seen Lynn once this season when he was with the White Sox. That was about a month, month and a half ago. Uh, they, they handled him pretty well. But Lynn has pitched a lot better since joining the Dodgers. My guess is they had him uh, change around some of what he was offering uh, his, you know, his pitch repertoire and that sort of thing. So it will be interesting to see how the Braves deal with Lance Lynn. Um, and you know, here's here's my one, um, my one um, prediction for Game One against the Dodgers. I think this will be the game that Ronald Acuna becomes the first 30-60 player in Major League history. I think he's going to hit a home run tonight against Lynn. I'm looking forward to that, and that would be great for him to do in LA. Uh, all right, game two. Game two in LA, Freed uh, is going against Urias. Uh, now, Urias has had a down year. Uh, some of his uh, peripheral numbers are kind of down. Uh, he has around a 4.4 ERA. Now, Freed coming back, I would love for him to bounce back a little bit. Not that he's been bad, but we haven't quite seen the dominant Freed yet, um, excluding, of course, that very first game when he came back against the Cubs. so, uh, But I do still think that pitching matchup favors the Braves. Then game three is Elder versus we don't know. Uh, the, the Dodgers have not announced a game three starter. 
That always makes me think it could be a bullpen game, but we don't know about that. And then Charlie Morton will go up against Bobby Miller in the fourth game. Miller has a four ERA in just a handful of games, handful of starts this season. So again, with the way Morton has been pitching, I really like that one as well. So all four pitching matchups favor the Braves, but of course the Dodgers are red hot and have the home field advantage. So look, ultimately, considering how hot the Dodgers are, would a split of this series be just fine? 2-2 split? Yes, I think that would be just fine. But the Dodgers do have the head-to-head matchup so far against the Braves. Uh, They, early in the season, were in Atlanta and won two out of three. So, you know, the Braves taking three out of four, not only would that set a tone and, and go one step further for the Braves getting home field advantage, it would also mean that they would win the season series. And so if the Braves and Dodgers were to finish with the same record this season, there's your tiebreaker. So I'm really hoping and looking for the Braves to take three out of four. uh, And that's what I think they'll do. Uh, It will be a statement simply because of how good the Dodgers have been playing. And no one recently has sniffed taking three out of four against the Dodgers in the last month plus. So guys, I hope you are excited as I am to watch this clash of the Titans between the the Dodgers and the Braves. As a Braves fan, it really is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be late, late nights, but a lot of fun to watch them. And uh, well, guys, we'll see. Um, I'll be back after the the end of this series to talk about it, uh, give my analysis, and uh, hopefully we'll all be in a good mood when I do that. All right, well, I will um, talk to you soon, guys.